Hey everybody, welcome back to the For the Long Haul podcast. This is Blaine sitting alongside Brandon. Oh, if you guys are watching the video, you guys can see our names down below. Also true. And so, and today, what we're going to talk about is uh, Blaine, uh, basically being a real estate agent, Blaine's journey with it. Going to ask him some questions about it. And hopefully, if you guys are thinking about becoming a real estate agent, have a thought about it, maybe this can set sh- uh, shed some light on it for you guys and all that but before we get uh, started we've been like doing a little bit like maybe a couple of minutes of pre-show banter in the past couple of episodes so how's your day been blaine oh it's been good um just working oh wait today just today though yeah i said today? how's your morning today oh At least that's um, I said. Yeah, yeah you said that oh nothing nothing crazy um you know, took care of some chores and I was just like, I need to eat. And then you messaged me and I was like, oh crap. And so I like hurried and made some ramen noodles because I was like, I can eat this really quickly. And then, uh, had some ice cream. Like me some ice cream. Uh, and, what flavor? Uh, uh, Texas two-step HEB brand. It has, it's like cookie cream base with like chunks of Oreo in it and cookie dough. That sounds delicious. H-E-B brand ice cream is super good. It's really creamy. It's real nice. It's smooth. I really like it. Yeah. H-E-B, is pretty, H-E-B ice cream is pretty good. Uh, what I think is underrated is the Blue Bunny one. I do not think that's underrated. Uh, it's not that good. I, I loved it as a kid because we got it a lot whenever I was a kid. Like It was either that, especially because of the Butter Pecan and all that Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blue Bunny. I don't think Blue Bunny is. I think a little icier. I think it's got more. Um, it's not as smooth. It's been a while since I've had it, but that was my opinion a long time ago. I gotcha. Oh right, well, let's get on to the episode, shall we? So, first of all, tell us why did you decide to take a path of real? Uh, to be why did you decide to become a real estate agent in the past? So why why I decided to do it in the past is essentially because. Um, I was in college and I was looking up how to like prepare yourself financially for the future and like, retirement and like just throughout your life, how to get better and better and being more financially set. And then, um, and what I came across was real estate investing and buying properties and like duplexes and triplexes and all those different terms, different types of properties. And I was like, okay, so real estate investing, that seems great. I really like that. And then it was just like, well, what's right next to real estate investing? Like, well, you could just sell the home. So, like, you can find them because you're in the field. So, excuse me, you know which ones to buy. But then you can go buy them yourself because you're already selling the property. So, your business exposes you to the other things that you want to do at the same time. And so, that's what led me to um, looking at a career in real estate because it was like, well, that makes total sense. Like, that's my job. And then if I find ones and I'm like, oh, I like this one, then I just buy it myself. That's what all led me there. All right, all right. Interesting, <clears throat> interesting. So um, next thing is, what was the first step in order to become a real estate agent for people that are wanting to become one? So to become a real estate agent, first and foremost, what you have to do is you have to get licensed before you can do anything else, really. And so... Uh, You've got to take courses. There's many different places that offer these courses that you can take. And um, like Champion Real Estate School is like one of the pinnacle names. 
And uh, I took, I used Allied Real Estate School. And uh, I don't remember how, but they they knew I was getting a license or something. And they were sending me marketing materials, I think. I remember how they got to that point. I must have had to apply for something first. But I feel like that was the first thing I did. But I don't remember. Um, but I swear they sent me a marketing thing. And it was like, all right, super, super low deal. And I was like, wow, this is really cheap. And I waited. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Excuse me. And then uh, maybe I should have had some tea this morning. Um, and so I was like, all right, all right, I'm going to do this. And uh, and so it's it's been so long. It's been like since 2017 when I got it. It's been like five years. But for some reason, they were sending me marketing materials. But first and foremost, you have to – you've got to take the courses to get the license. And so you go through there. You start enrolling all the courses that you need with a certain uh, company they typically tell you what you need because they're that's their job for state each state's different and then after you have to take all the courses you pass the exam stuff just like school after you do that you gotta go take a test and then um so you gotta go take the test it's proctored by you know uh, a company that's able to do that kind of thing and so somebody watches you take it so you can't cheat or anything like that if you get caught doing it you're in trouble um and you got to pass the test. You have to have a certain grade. I think it's an 80% or better. Maybe it's 70, but I think it was 80. I don't really remember. If you fail, it tells you by, I think, um, what areas you pass or fail in. It's not super easy to know exactly what you got wrong. It's just, a, you know, an area that you didn't make it, I think. And then how many questions you missed it by. Because there's different, different sections of the, the exam that you have to make. And, um, and I get, yeah, I think it's like that. And, but the overall grade is like, you need 80 or better. And each section has, there's a bracket. Like this one's about, you know, financing. And the, this section had 14 questions and, um, and you missed 12. So you got 12 out of 14, you know, like you can't fail that part, but if you, it just tells you what your weaknesses are. So you can study those in case you need to do it again. Uh, I took the test the first time I failed it the first time by like two questions and I had to Ooh. retake, I had to retake the exam and uh, I studied again and then I passed it. And when you pass, you don't know how much you pass it by. It just says passing grade. So like your grade is passed. Like you don't know how well you did. And so um, you just know you're smart enough to do it, I guess. Okay. Okay. So how was the course the license? You said you had to take a course to do this. So the course, um, even then, five years ago, it was all online. They have in-person courses. You can do these crash courses that you can get this your real estate license done so quick. And you're going to save time, and it's going to be easier with an in-person course uh, because they will. you'll go through, you do the exams and everything, even like the chapter exams. They'll kind of, you know, they'll tell you everything. They'll tell you like what's going to be on the test pretty much. For uh, Some teachers do anyways. And then um, – and like what's going to be important stuff that's going to be on the test. And then, uh, so, but me, I did it online. And so I don't have, I didn't have the availability to do it in person because you can get it done. It's a lot more expensive in person, but you can get it done super fast and efficiently. So I did it all online. And, uh, and so I could do it all at my own pace and I got the books to go with it and everything. And so you have to spend a certain amount of time in each course. So like you're actually like reading the book, even though they give you, if, if you order a physical copy of the book, you can read the physical copy, but it doesn't track those hours because you're not logged in. So they can't tell. And so 
there's some days I was reading it all online. There would be days I'd go outside, I'd read the book for a little bit, and then, but then I would turn the computer on in the other room and have it on, so it was tracking the hours, so it was, you know, because it was allowed me to take the exam, because it wouldn't allow you to take the exam if you didn't have the course open long enough, mm-hmm. and so uh, that, that was the thing. That's how they measured that you were in that course for 30 hours, that your browser was live, and you moved the mouse, I guess, every hour or something, I don't know, and... Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's not too bad. the the um, The exams were open note, and on a computer, that's real useful because you can control F and search the term and pull up the answer. Even the even the final exams were open note for each course. Okay, so so I actually wasn't expecting that answer to what you said. Is that mm-hmm. they actually have because from everybody that I've known that's gone to real estate license. Which is a couple of people, surprisingly. Uh, all of them, I've seen all of them do online, so I didn't actually think there was an actual in-person class. So that's actually yeah. really interesting to know. So if you're a better person learning online, then you can do that. If you're better at taking the classes in person, then you can do that. That's honestly interesting to know because I thought it was all online. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, that's the old school way of doing it, so that's just less common now. But they have crash courses that, like, I've said it like three times already, but mm-hmm. you can literally get it so fast. Like, go for like three or four weeks or something, like in a month, have your license done. It's way less time consuming because they cut corners in those classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they, spend, they don't actually spend the full, like, 180 hours or whatever it is. I don't remember the number anymore of hours you had to take. Three, six, nine, twelve, 150 hours, actually, five 30-hour courses. You don't actually have to spend 150 hours in person. They they cut it short. And uh, regardless if they're really allowed to do that or not, I don't know. But that's how I've been in some in-person classes for my smaller courses to take to continue having the license. And mm-hmm. that's what they do in class. But you you really do learn more in class. So even though they cut a, a, you know, a little bit of time, um, you learn more in those yeah. classes. And they teach you like in knowledge that you're not going to get out of the course like from them they're typically someone who's practiced before and so like i went to one that was real estate investing course for like investors and uh and that was part of one of my courses for continual education to renew my license and this one this lady was like a real estate investor her and her husband for like 15 years 20 years 30 years i don't know it was a long time and uh and they were she was we were literally talking about her deals and what she did throughout the course and it was super cool. Interesting, interesting. All right, so so let's fast forward a little bit now to you graduating, getting the license and all that. How was, from getting the license to, like, you know, you being now licensed to do real estate and all that, to actually becoming a real estate agent? How was that like? So. And, like, what did you have to do and all that? Yeah. If that makes any sense. You know, hopefully it does. Okay. So once you um, go and take your test, then you pass your test. You have to go. I'm trying to leave out all the little like footstep things you have to do. It's kind of not entertaining at all. Um, so you, you get your license. Let's just take that and go with it. Um, so now that you have your license, you have to find somewhere to hang it. Just like you hang a picture on the wall. You've got to hang your license somewhere is what they call it. Wait, and Do you really or... You don't literally hang your license on a wall. I mean, you can, 
But um, what you need to do is you have to hang it at an office somewhere. So that means you have to have your license and you have to associate it with an office because you as an agent until a broker is the only one who's allowed to operate it by themselves for themselves. An agent has to work underneath a broker and the broker is responsible for their actions of the agent to a certain extent. Okay, so, so it sounds broker. like the fourth step is becoming an agent for a brokerage. Yeah, you have to. There's no choices. Um, so you have to become an agent for a brokerage till you have enough experience, you've done enough transaction, and you've been in it for at least, I think, four years or something. And uh, once you've done that, um, you can become a broker if you want to be. You accept full responsibility over yourself and others if you recruit agents. Or you continue to stay an agent and be under a broker and uh, and the broker is responsible for your actions, but still, you know, you can get in trouble too. But it's just you're under somebody, and uh, so that's uh, you have to go find an office. So you go interview for offices and try to find someone that's going to fit for you. Try to find some place with a good training program. A lot of them offer that. Big box brands will offer you that training program or uh, mentorships, things like that. The real estate course does not teach you how to sell real estate. You have to go and practice and learn from others or, you know, actually learn from others because how else are you going to figure it out? And uh, because the real estate course is real estate law strictly, it does not teach you how to sell real estate at all in any of it. It's terminology, legalities, contracts. That's real estate laws, what you learn when you get your license. And you learn yes. to sell. So it teaches stuff like escrow, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, all that different stuff. That's what it teaches you. And so uh, – when you after you get out of that real estate law, all the fi- all the financial stuff, all the paperwork crap, that's everything that you're learning in that class and classes. And when you get your license, then you go find a brokerage, you interview, find the one you like, find the one you mesh with, the ecosystem you're gonna like, and then you join that and you hang your license there. So you do the paperwork for that. You're technically under the broker there at that brokerage. And then boom, you're an agent for that brokerage. So once you've hung your license with the brokerage, now you are officially authorized to do real estate business and represent clients in your state. Okay. Okay. So did you do, you said that you can walk, you can like, uh, once you become an agent of the brokerage and all that, you can get like training or apprenticeship under somebody. Did you do any of that or did you so, just kind of do it on your own? I didn't have, like, I didn't actually like join a particular person. Excuse me, trying to fight off a yawn. Uh, I didn't actually join a particular person. Like I joined the brokerage, and then pr- pretty much the the office manager and the the person who, uh, I guess you say, assistant office manager, uh, the owner and the office manager. That's technically what it was. They were both like coaching me and helping me get through it. And, it, and then the the owner of the office was who would constantly uh, get with me on a weekly basis, and we talk about everything. And if I so needed that- help with anything. So they were like your mentors, basically. Yes, that's correct. All right. That's actually something you never mentioned, really. So I honestly thought, you know, you just joined the, the brokerage, and then mm-hmm. you basically just went off on your own. You actually never mentioned any of that other stuff to uh, to anybody, really. It'd be real hard to do it and not have anybody else help you. Like Honestly, I thought this entire time you just kind of went off on your own after you joined the brokerage, since you never mentioned any, like, you know, kind of being under somebody's tutelage and all that yeah, 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 yeah. That's part of it. You have like that. That always has to happen because you don't know what you're doing. Like you have, like you're like, hi, I'm new here, and you know you have no idea. 
Yeah, okay, okay. That honestly makes a little more sense. I mean, I should probably have thought of that, but I don't know why. It's also kind of like you, too, that kind of just thought you went off on your own. You're like, I got this because, like, you know, you were confident and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the broker wants you to make money, so they're going to support you. Because if you, they make money off of your money. And so if you don't do good, they don't do it. They don't make any money. So they want you to do good. So what was uh, anything surprising to you whenever you became a real estate agent and wonder brokerage and all that? Uh, surprising. Or something uh, you weren't expecting, I should say. Like, you know, surprising something you didn't expect. Here's something good. I was thinking, I was in thought, deep thought. Um, so uh, one thing that you have to learn the hard way is how you try to conduct your business. So it's the people who you decide to work with. And the hard thing to learn, it's not hard to learn. It's easy to learn. It's a hard lesson is that working with strictly buyers, especially like if you're doing like leases, it's just like a, I don't know, it's pretty mostly a waste of time when you could be tracing larger transactions because you don't make very much money off of people who want to rent something. And uh, you make like the first month's rent. So they say you make a grand to still show someone a p- multiple properties, but they're just rentals versus going and making 10 grand by showing someone multiple properties and they buy a home. So uh, technically the transaction is less intensive, but still you're chasing, you're stepping over dollars for pennies essentially. And so this is just like working with buyers and um, buyers will waste your time a lot. And so if you go and focus on strictly sellers, that's like having the product yourself and going to find the product you're going to sell, then acquiring said product and selling it. Because you go find the seller, you list the property, all the buyer's agents work with all their clients to come to your property, view it, and buy it. As a buyer's agent, you are with somebody who doesn't have to particularly buy a property normally. They are looking but they can anytime change their mind and decide not to buy a property. And there's nothing you can do versus someone who's selling the property needs to sell the property. And they're more committed to the transaction because they are selling their home and they're putting their home up for sale for people to view it versus the buyers. Their level of seriousness varies a lot. And, uh, and so if you can focus on just sellers, your time will be used more efficiently versus focusing on buyers. Now, if you can vet your buyers properly, it will save you time. You got to make sure they're serious. As soon as you meet them, like, hi, pleasure to meet you. Well, first thing we're going to do is get you pre-qualified. And they're like, oh, well, I have money. He's like, that's great. We'll get you pre-qualified or bank statement. And then they say, oh, well, why would that be necessary? And we're like, that's what we're going to do. So I can show my sellers when we put an offer in your house because this market's so hot. We don't put an offer in. If you like it the same day, you're not going to get it. You're going to lose it, you're going to love it, and it's going to be gone. And so I need those documents now so I can prepare everything and get it sent out immediately. And if they don't like that, they go bye-bye and they disappear because you're so serious about getting it done, and they're not. That's why buyers waste your time because you don't do that, and then you go through this transaction, and then you get to the house after you looked at eight of them already, and they love this house. You're like, all right, let's get you pre-qualified as a buyer. The buyer goes to the lender, takes another four or five days. Buyer gets a pre, uh, tries to get, you know, a, uh, damn, I forgot the term for that. Um, pre-approved? Pre- yeah, pre-approval letter. And uh, and guess what? They're not approved for enough money. You've wasted your time. 
or they're not approved for anything because they're terrible credit. And they're like, oh, I have great credit. I've checked it. It's good. And so, like, literally, you have to vet these people. Remember, you're in a business. Don't run it by, based on emotions because you run it based on emotions. Like, oh, they're all kind. They're nice. Oh, I trust them. Well, nobody trusts anybody in the real estate transaction because you're supposed to do everything on paper for a reason. That's why there's 24 pages or however many there is. It's pretty close to that uh, in your real estate contract. And uh, because it started out with a few and it got bigger and bigger and bigger because people were trusting something would happen. Then it didn't. Then people sued. And they're like, all right, this needs to be a page of the contract. It's bigger and longer and longer. And I'm sure, I mean, they keep adding stuff and subtracting stuff all the time. And so that's why the contract is such a thick packet. And everything else you do adds more pages. Uh, that's also sounds. That's also kind of like also kind of led into something that I was about to ask you. What are some mornings or advice you would give to um, people that are interested in becoming real estate agents or that just became real estate agents? So that's, that's one. Kind of, yeah, that's one of them. I was gonna say another one is if you're gonna do it, um, just know that. You're gonna have you're gonna have to work different hours. You can try to structure it. Some people do this when they, they get successful and they get real picky with their clients because you know, frankly, eighty percent of the revenue is gonna be from twenty percent of your clients once you build this business up. So you can learn to drop people off. But um, oh crap! Hold on a minute. Don't say anything, Brad. Oh no, I'm losing it. <laughs> Didn't have to bring the eighty twenty thing in. All right, so we had one thing. Now bring in another thing. And so what was the other thing here? God dang it, I had this whole thing. Ah, uh, nah, fam. Shit. All right, so we take a back step here, trying to remember where we were. So I, already, I talked about the first point was, um, what, what was my first point on that? Okay, so you was, the first point was like, you know, be careful. Okay, so the second point yeah. was you were talking about uh, Those market and stuff like uh, that. Eight, 80% of you. I'm back. You I got about, okay. I got it. All right. And so, uh, <laughs> oh God, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Don't worry. All right. So essentially what I'm getting down to here is if you're going to jump and do this, I was talking about part-time and full-time, what you're doing and how you're committing to it. And so, um, so if you're going to jump and do this full time, you need to have like, like six months minimum savings, like to live off of no revenue for six months. And honestly, uh, like towards a year of savings to live off for a whole year would be a better idea. And because there it's, can be a very slow start. And, uh, so you need to be financially ready to not make money for a little bit. And, uh, and the other thing was full-time or doing it part-time, essentially kind of part of this. And so, uh, I mean, if you're doing it part-time, you can keep making money on the side. Uh, but the other thing is it's based how part-time you do, it's going to really restrict your ability to grow the business. I was going to school and working full-time and doing real estate. And I like had like, you know, four evenings to maybe show a property or something like, I quickly found out that I had no availability to like help anybody. Because I was already doing school and work full time. Like my schedule was already booked and I was trying to do that too. And so that's why I left my full time work and went to real estate full time. And so what, if you open it up to full time, you really can get, you know, make a lot more work. Uh, but at the same time, your clients will try to make you work to their schedule, but you can make them work to yours. And uh, they're willing to, to compromise 
And frankly, you can make them work entirely to your schedule if you want to. They're going to be like, oh, but I really want to see it at 6 because I wanted to go out to eat at 530. You know, but if you're like, well, honestly, uh, I need to my last appointment available is going to be 430. And that's the end of the day for me because you, no, you don't have to give them a reason. Don't give them a reason. Uh, and obviously, you, you know, be professional, these people. But I'm giving you the straight edge here. Um, so, oh, my last appointment available for that day is going to be 430 for us to be able to go out and look at a few properties. So we're going to have to do it at 430 or I can get you tomorrow, maybe around 11 or 12. And uh, and they're going to be like, you gave them two options here. So the option that's not obvious is pick a different thing than what she gave me or he gave me. So it's like, oh, okay, 430, 430 will work. And we'll just go out to eat later. Like they don't have a scheduled appointment for 530 dinner plans. They're just trying to be, that's just this one type of buyer. That's the high maintenance buyer. And, uh, and so these, these clients will try to run your schedule if you let them. And if you let them, they will do it. Just take that with you, use it. So if you want to have things like if you want to have Saturday off or want to have Sunday off and people who work Monday through Friday doing that stuff too, weekends is a very popular time to view homes and stuff like that. But the clients who are real serious about getting that stuff done, will view it during the week. You'll have some special occasions. At the beginning, I mean, honestly, I'd probably be working weekends and weeks. I always went out on weekends to show properties. and uh, But that's the one thing that I've got for you. If you can do it full time, if you can, if you can handle not making money for a minute, and, uh, and at the same time, you can go out there and sell a million-dollar home in you know, a month. It can happen. It's just uh, you, know, you don't know what's going to happen. You're going to go out there and work, but just be prepared to be safe and not make money for six months to a year. Uh, anything, any other advice, uh, tips and all that you would give to anybody that's thinking about doing it or like just started off doing it? Um, I mean, it's really fun. I, I, I currently, I don't actively practice it, but I have my license as active. And, uh, so, I mean, it's a really fun thing. You're going to, you have to get used to inconsistency, uh, in your pay until you get to become higher volume. And then you're going to have more consistency versus getting a deal and then being dry for two months and getting a deal. And, uh, and so you have to, you have to work really hard at prospecting and continuing to find, continuing to find new business. And, uh, and as long as you can live with the, uh, the fact that you have, um, you literally, you're, you're complete off a of commission. So if you don't sell home, you don't get to eat. And so that's how it works. And so know that before you start, that's really important. All right. All right. All right. Anything else you can think of or anything like that? No, I think it's what I got on this one. Uh, you know, if you have questions about one anything, question, you can always One question, one question, though. Mm -hmm. uh, so what happens if you want to buy a house and since you have a real estate license? You can either represent yourself in the transaction, and that's just fine, or you can have another agent represent you. What would be the cheaper option? I feel like I know the answer. I just want to ask it. The, the cheaper option is neither. Did you think you're going to get that answer? No. I mean, I mean, technically. Um, oh, hold on. Force before you say technically. <laughs> explain why you said neither. <laughs> um, well, I say neither. So that's the it's kind of a rigged question. Um, so the cheaper option, technically, as a buyer, you get free representation. So this is kind of actually a loaded question. Uh, with uh, multiple complexities to it, but I can easily explain it. So as a buyer in a real estate transaction, you're already been paid for your representation for a buyer's agent to represent you. It's in the contract when the seller lists the home. And so when the seller lists the home, 
I mentioned this before, why it's a no-brainer to get a buyer's agent in our previous episodes, um, that in a seller's contract, there is a seller's agent commission and a buyer's agent commission outlined in the contract when they list a home and um, in the listing agreement. So the buyer's agent fee is already in the contract. And so if they put like a terrible fee on there, well, guess what? Nobody's going to show their home because they're not going to get paid. And because um, you're also, you know, not very nice for not paying them. And so they, now getting to your question, who, how what saves you more money? You doing it yourself or having someone else represent you? The answer neither is technically it's already paid for in the transaction, in the listing agreement. So it's oh, already okay. getting paid for. But the other complexity is if I represent myself, technically I make that commission. And so then I, I make the money out of that transaction and then I have to pay taxes on it. I pay a percentage of that to my uh, brokerage. So either I can, you know, do one or two things. I can just take, you know, the easy trip. And uh, I mean, it depends on how expensive the house is. If it's not a very expensive house, I think I just have a friend do it for me. And then us, you know, commingle about it and then let him get to make the commission for it versus me having to work at the same time buying my property. You know what I mean? So it depends on the threshold. It could be what you're doing it yourself, basically. It's what you def- to define as worth it. So, like, if you're gonna if that's if you're gonna make like twenty thousand dollars being your own agent in it, well, then you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. If you're gonna make like, you know, like four thousand or something, you're like, eh, I my time is better spent going and selling these other transactions that I'm making twenty thousand on each of these so, versus making four. Seven, so like it just whatever. depends on the it depends on the price range what your price range is. It could be more beneficial for you to do it than somebody else. It's gonna depend on the person and what and they you, define yeah. as the best use of their time. Okay, okay, yeah. And so yeah. All right, all right. Uh, all right, I can't think of anything else unless you can think of anything you want to say before we end this off. No man, I think that's it. All right, so what can they find us on Instagram, Blaine? All right, so you can come check us out at Fort Longhall Podcast on Instagram. And then if you want to shoot us an email for sponsorship information or anything like that, ftlhpodcast at gmail.com. F-T-L-H, uh, like for the long haul podcast at gmail.com. All right, you guys, until the next episode, you guys have a good one, and hopefully this uh, sheds some light on you guys. Maybe you guys want to become a real estate agent. Maybe this is making you guys back out of it. Maybe this is like, huh, maybe I should give it a try. Oh, oh, thank God you told me that before I went in uh, without any savings. Let us know, <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. All right.